0: Branson, Mark Cuban, Tony Robbins, Tim Ferriss, Ariana Huffington, Seth, Ghost Steve Case, Gary V, Sophia Amorosa, Barbara Corcoran, Damon John. Learn from the gravest minds in business today with interviews hosted by Nathan Chan. This is not your average entrepreneur podcast, the Founder Podcast. Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Before we start today's episode, I just want to let you know. and so much more. So if you'd like to get access to these free trainings with founders like this, which is 100% free, just go to founder.com forward slash free. Okay, so now let's talk about today's episode. Hello and welcome guys to another episode. My name's Nathan Chan. I'm the CEO and publisher of Founder Magazine and also the host of the Founder Podcast coming to you live from hometown Melbourne, Australia. And I'm really excited about today's guest. His name is Scott Harrison, and he's the founder of an incredible company called Charity Water. If you're in the states, I'm sure you would have heard of it. Um, I definitely had heard of it already uh, here from Australia. And this, this this person is on an incredibly game-changing mission to provide everyone in the world with clean drinking water. Um, he threw off some just insane crazy stats which are truly heartbreaking to know that so many people don't even have you know access to clean drinking water in the world and you know these are for pretty much most people listening to this podcast right now i'm sure that you know you would be in much more fortunate situations and uh you know scott's on an absolute mission to try and make a massive impact in the world and we always try and interview as many, you know, socially conscious and social innovator entrepreneurs. Um, and yeah, he's one of them. And uh, he talks about how to start a social enterprise and how to make a difference in the world. And and uh, yeah, incredible podcast interview. In fact, even after doing it, I went and signed up to their subscription service. And, uh, you know, we donate on subscription now to... Charity Water uh, because it's just an incredible cause. I'd highly, you know, urge you guys to check it out, check out more of what they do. And uh, yeah, Scott Harrison shares a ton of gold on what it takes to build and grow a successful company in the social enterprise space. All right, guys, that's it from me. If you are enjoying these episodes, please do take the time to leave us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or even SoundCloud or um, Spotify. Wherever you're listening, please do leave us a review. It helps us more than you can imagine. It helps this podcast get found. It helps us. It helps us help more people. And you know, if you do have any friends that are entrepreneurial, please do let them know about this podcast. Please do share it with them. Please do encourage them to listen. Uh, we're doing our very best to provide you the best possible interviews out there with hard-to-reach founders and entrepreneurs that you might not hear otherwise. All right, guys, that's it from me. Now let's jump into the show. So the first question that I ask everyone that uh, I speak to is, how did you get your job?
1: <laughs> how did I get my job? Well, in, in this case, I created my job. The, the job didn't exist. So I was living on a closet floor uh, of a friend's house when I started Charity Water and the living room became the office. And, you know, I... I I think with uh, often with a lot of causes or nonprofits, you know, my advice to people is, hey, go find someone who is doing what you want to do and join them uh, instead of starting something. And in, in my case, I just couldn't find anyone else out there doing what I wanted to do, uh, doing what I had the vision for.
0: I see. So, so tell us, how, how did Charity Water get started?
1: Uh, so, you know, the backstory is probably a little important. Uh, I had I had grown up in a, a pretty bizarre childhood situation. My mom had gotten very sick when I was four years old. Family planning had stopped, so I grew up as an only child in a, in a home with an invalid mother uh, and, and really had a lot of responsibility. I was helping to take care of her. And at 18, after really playing by the rules, uh, living out a you know, pretty good Christian faith uh, until that time. I just lost the plot. I moved to New York City. I became a nightclub promoter and spent the next ten years of my life living as selfishly and decadently as one might imagine a nightclub promoter would would live. Uh, and i was I was throwing parties for a living. I was getting people drunk. I was selling five hundred dollars bottles of champagne uh, to to bankers and you know and celebrities and uh, really living only for myself. And after 10 years in the decade, my life looked great. Uh, I I had a nice watch and a nice car and a nice apartment. And my girlfriend was on the cover of magazines at the time, but I was, I was rotting on the inside. I was deeply, uh, emotionally bankrupt and spiritually bankrupt and morally bankrupt. And I'd really compromised all the values that I'd been brought up to honor. So, uh, had a a moment, a kind of cathartic moment in South America in a party town called Punta del Este, where I, uh, you know, had been partying for days, and just realized that if I continued down this path, if I continued down the nightclub promoter entrepreneurship path, uh, the legacy I would leave would be a meaningless one. I, you know, I would get millions of people wasted for a living, and I, I wanted more for my life. Uh, so I began to you know, rediscover a very lost faith as a kid, uh, a lost morality, and came back to New York City, wound up selling almost everything I owned to try something very different, uh, to try to explore the exact opposite of what my life might look like if I served others for a living. And my big idea at the time was to apply to humanitarian organizations Mm -hmm. uh, to give one year of service uh, to the poor and see where that might take me. So I began applying to the famous humanitarian organizations of the world. One by one, I am rejected because they're, of course, very serious, credible people. And I'm this nightclub guy uh, that, that they didn't know how I would be useful And then finally, one organization actually took me and said that I could volunteer if I was willing to live in Liberia, and I was willing to pay $500 a month for the pleasure of volunteering. So I did, and that changed my life. I I went from a nightclub promoter to a humanitarian volunteer in Liberia, West Africa, right after a 14-year civil war had ended. And while I was there, I saw people drinking muddy water for the first time. And I had never seen women, I'd never seen children drink from swamps and infested uh, ponds and, and murky rivers before. Uh, and just couldn't believe that this was going on, that this kind of suffering was going on uh, in a world where guys would walk into my clubs and, and buy $10 bottles of Voss water and not even open them. Yeah, wow.
0: So uh, what happened next?
1: <laughs> well... I wound up spending almost two years on this humanitarian mission uh, in, in Liberia and, and was just so inspired by people getting help, uh, the belief that we really could help bring people out of extreme poverty by offering basic needs and do that through local partners. So I, I came back to New York City and, and really had a, a pretty clear vision to help create a, a day on earth where no one drank dirty water. Uh, it was just crazy to me that, that human beings, that children were dying of diarrhea because they were drinking from swamps uh, simply because of the conditions they had been born into. So I, uh, that, that was a pretty simple mission, right? Uh, bring clean drinking water to everybody on earth. The big problem was there were 1.2 billion people on the planet that were drinking dirty water. Uh, at the time, it was one in six people on the planet were drinking dirty water. So that would be the mission, but as I began talking to my friends and trying to get them excited about this, I realized that uh, they thought that was a good idea, but they didn't trust charities. They didn't trust the charitable system, and I would hear time and time again that charities were black holes. They swallowed money. They were opaque and not transparent. Uh, Everybody seemed to have a, a horror story or a scandal that they could pull out of their back pocket of a charity that had done wrong by the public. Mm. So the, the real vision, that if, if the mission was to provide clean water, the real vision was to create a new kind of charity, to reinvent charity, to create a, a new kind of organization that, that people who had lost faith could actually trust again. And uh, that's what all sort of came together uh, in the idea for Charity Water. The vision being to reinvent charity and, and spark a movement of people who might be disenchanted, but could come back to the table to take another look with a new business model and a new way of doing things, and then the mission after the colon being water.
0: I see. And you guys have been around for almost ten years, you said. And ten um, years next month. Yeah, ten years next month. So, can you tell us about how far uh, ahead you've got with that vision, and and some of the, you know, can we throw some numbers around the impact you've made? Sure.
1: So about a million people have uh, contributed to Charity Water, uh, giving over $215 million. And we have been able to uh, provide clean and safe drinking water to 6.3 million people in 20,000 communities around the world uh, across 24 countries. So we're about at 1% of the global problem because the other good news is that Um, not just Charity Water, but a a lot of other people have been talking about water. The awareness has been massively raised. And the problem now is down from over a billion to 663 million people without water.
0: Yeah, wow, I see. So how did you get this company started in 2006?
1: Well, uh, there was no money, as I mentioned at the time. And you know, I was running around showing people pictures on my laptop of people drinking dirty water and saying I wanted to do something about it. And I thought that uh, with with the reinvention of charity piece, the only way to get people really excited about giving, the, the, the people that didn't trust uh, who were the people I was after, was to create a different business model. And I thought, what if we could find a way to give 100% of every dollar we would ever raise from the public anywhere in the world? and give that money directly to build water projects. And people said, well, you're crazy. How would you pay for your overhead? How would you have an office? How would you ever employ staff? Hmm. And I said, I, I don't know how this is going to work, but I I believe that this is, this is important, absolutely pure charity. So I opened up two bank accounts with $100 each and made a promise that we would never touch the public's money. We would never touch any public donation for anything except to directly fund a water project. And then in the other bank account, separately, I would try to find a way to make overhead cool. I would try to find a small group of people who would actually get excited about funding the the behind-the-scenes work, the staff salaries, the office, the flights. That was big idea number one, the 100% model. Uh, Number two was using the technology available at the time to connect donors to the impact their dollars were having. And when I started out, uh, we were starting as the same year as Google Earth, and uh, I realized that Google was giving us this free place to put all of our water projects. So we could could be transparent. We could show people the impact their dollars were having in countries around the world. Uh, The third thing I wanted to do, I wanted to build a beautiful brand. As I looked at the charitable sector, I didn't see anything that inspired me like Apple or Nike or Virgin. Uh, I, I saw anemic charitable brands and I'd come across a quote in the New York times that said toothpaste is peddled with far more sophistication than all of the world's life-saving causes. And I thought this is so true and it's so sad and it's so broken. You know, a a junk food company could spend hundreds of millions of dollars marketing stuff that kills us. And yet the most important life-saving work, the most important causes in the world had these anemic brands. Uh, were often not great at telling their stories. And I think maybe uh, the most important thing about the business model, uh, I guess, would be the fourth thing, which is what we wouldn't do. We wouldn't send Westerners over to Africa or India or Asia to drill wells or build rainwater systems or bio-sand filters. We would uh, bring up the capacity. We would develop the capacity of our local partners. I believe for work to be sustainable, it must be driven and led by local Uh, organizations indigenous to that country. So Charity Water would try to restore the faiths, uh, the faith of the public in charity. We would raise money transparently using 100%, we would connect donors, we would build a beautiful brand, but the actual work would be led by the locals in each of these countries. Mm. And That was the business model. And day one, I threw a party in a nightclub, trying to redeem my past. I got 700 people to come out on my 31st birthday. And I charged them all $20 at the door to come in. And this time, instead of putting $15,000 in my back pocket, 100% of the money went to do Charity Water's first few projects in northern Uganda. Uh, And then after the projects were built, we immediately sent the photos, the GPS, and a video of clean water flowing back to the 700 people that attended the party. And people could not believe that a charity had bothered to tell them where $20 went. Yeah,
0: wow. That's incredible. So what happened next? How did you start to build this thing and raise awareness? well we we were scrappy in the beginning we we actually sold a twenty dollar
1: bottle of water it, at the time, it cost us about twenty dollars to give someone access to clean water. Yes, and I thought, you know, bottled water is a dollar, and people don't even think about buying it. They don't even need to buy bottled mm. water yeah and and yet they do, and we're filling up landfills. So if we're gonna be buying bottled water, we should pay $20 and every single penny should go to help people without access to clean water. So that was one of the first things that we did and we got the water underwritten and uh, tried to raise awareness and all of our charity water bottles at the time had facts about death and disease and dying and statistics about the water crisis. We did huge outdoor exhibitions. We uh, raised awareness through getting donated media. We shot a television commercial where Jennifer Connelly... Uh, who'd won an Oscar, and and her kids uh, go up to Central Park Pond in New York City and they collect dirty water. And and she watches as her kids drink green contaminated water. Uh, we, We wound up getting donated space on television and the commercial ran to over 20 million people. We quickly learned that bottled water was not a business we wanted to be in. Uh, even if it was $20 because we didn't want to be polluting the environment and uh, we didn't want to be depleting aquifers. So we, we moved away from there uh, to simple ideas like asking people to donate their birthdays for charity water. Uh, so we, we thought that you know, birthdays had become a thing where they were just about stuff, cra- stuff we didn't need, stuff we didn't even want. Mm. And people would have birthday parties and get ties or wallets or handbags or gift cards. And we thought, what if we could redeem the birthday? What if we could turn it into a giving moment? And instead of asking for gifts, instead of throwing parties, people would ask for their age in dollars. So a seven year old would ask for $7 from everyone they knew, or a 32 year old would ask for $32, or an 89 year old would ask for $89. And this idea really resonated with people and began to spread. And seven-year-olds gave up their birthdays and 31-year-olds and 89-year-olds and um, tens of millions of dollars began uh, being raised by the general public, by everyday people saying, I can actually do something about the water crisis. Uh, I I don't need to be paralyzed by apathy. Um, I can actually do something small. I could use my birthday to help people get clean water.
0: Yeah, I see. Yeah, Um, this is an incredible idea. You know, I've seen many people do this. I remember probably around this time last year, I remember even seeing Seth Godin. He he did this too. You have many, you have quite a big reach and yeah, it's such a credible, incredible idea.
1: Yeah, it, it's and it also went beyond birthdays. And so many people from the Charity Water community have brought unique, uh, fun ideas and said, look, uh, I love the birthday thing, but my birthday is a year from now and I want to do something right now. And we've seen people climb mountains and try to raise a dollar a foot uh, to reach the summit. We've seen skydivers for Charity Water. We have seen scrapbookers for Charity Water. Uh, we had a guy in, in the South listen to seven days of Nickelback on repeat <laughs> to try to raise money for charity water. He raised thirty two thousand dollars. And this year he actually did another campaign, and he he watched twenty four hours of Nicolas Cage movies, uh, it, trapped in a cage. He called it. Um, raised over twenty thousand dollars.
0: Wow. So
1: uh, you know, people bringing the best of themselves. We've lots of lemonade stands. We have people uh, actually in Australia, a huge meditation community, raised hundreds of thousands of dollars meditating. Um, and and raising money and awareness for for Charity Water. So that's really what the organization has grown and and become. Uh, It's not about us. It is about the everyday people in our community that can bring something to the table, Uh, from the rich to the poor to uh, the old to the young, uh, people across all religions, people across all levels of politics, all coming together saying we can stand for clean water. If people don't have clean water, how could they ever thrive? How could they ever be healthier? How
0: could they ever get a good education? So it's been a, a terribly unifying uh, issue. It, this is incredible—the work that you're doing, Scott, and this vision that you have. I'm—I'm I'm really curious. Um, you talked about one thing you wanted to do was build a charitable brand, and I agree that you do hear a lot of bad stories, like these brands. You know, they're very, very old school. What have you done in particular to build a charitable brand that that people know they can identify with? And I agree, you have an incredible brand.
1: I, I think you know for us, it's really about storytelling. It's building a culture that looks for stories everywhere that that celebrates stories, uh, especially with an issue like ours. Right, six hundred and sixty three million people don't have clean water. I mean, uh, anybody reading that just. It is f- freezes. It means nothing. You know, it almost pushes you towards paralysis. We cannot process these huge numbers. They do not inspire us to act. And But yet if I tell people about a 13-year-old girl in northern Ethiopia who's walking eight hours to get dirty water every single day, and one day after her eight-hour walk before she reaches her house, she slips and falls, and she spills her water, and instead of going back for more water, she hangs herself from a tree. And the villagers and her parents find her body swinging from a tree in the village. You know, that, that's different. That feels different. Uh, if I tell you her name was Letakiros Ha'ilu and her best friend was Yesherag, And, you know, if I tell you her mom's story and, and the story of the village... It paints a picture of the water crisis, just one of those 663 million faceless people. So I think for us, you know, Charity Water has celebrated storytelling. And I just told you a sad story, but we really focus on stories of hope and opportunity. And and we look at this as an invitation. This is not about guilt and shame. We are not trying to shame people into giving. We want them to be generous. We believe that being generous unlocks more generosity, uh, that there's a freedom that comes with wanting to serve others, with wanting to be generous, with wanting to care about your, your neighbors or your brothers and sisters living thousands of miles away. And, uh, you know, we try to tell stories that, that are about uh, both truth and also about hope. Um, there was a, a woman that got clean water from a charity water project called Helen, APIO, A-P-P-I-O, in, in northern Uganda. And as our team visited her well and, and asked how her life was different now that she had clean water, she told our team that for the first time in her life, she felt beautiful because she finally had enough water to wash her face and her clothes and that she had been making sacrifices with the limited water to serve her, her family wow. and, and them first. So I think, you know, that that is... You know we've made four hundred videos. We've told thousands of stories over uh, over the decade. and and
0: um it, it's core and key to who we are. Yeah, I see. Um, I have to switch gears um, because I, I think our audience wouldn't be happy if I didn't ask you this question because we get asked this question a lot, and um, some with your level of expertise, uh, I think can can really help is, is a lot of people in our audience, you know, they they want to start a business, and and some of these businesses would be a social enterprise, or, uh, you know, a, a business which is for purpose that is, is you know purely built to, I guess, yes. like like where can people start? How what 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 actionable stuff do you have for people that want that want to build, you know, a charity or a social enterprise?
1: You know, I think I really do start with um, is it, someone else doing it. Um, can you raise money for them? Can you go and support that organization? You know no one else was doing the hundred percent model uh, when when I was when when I started, or especially not in the humanitarian space that I'd found. So I thought I could you know uniquely, I, I thought I could bring a unique and fresh perspective to the space but I would really start there if you care about hearing or if you care about eyesight is there someone else that you can go and raise money and awareness for have they already built an organization you know maybe you don't need to start over um if you are starting your own thing and uh what's the problem you're trying to solve and 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 you know what does the end state look like our end state is very clear it is a day on earth when not a single human being has to drink nasty disgusting dirty water and we're now six hundred sixty three million people away from that and and making a lot of progress so uh, and, and then I think just get ready for uh, for all hell to break loose <laughs> it's, it's one of the most difficult things the ups and downs the you know you'll spend more time I think uh, frustrated and and uh, I mean it's an incredibly difficult emotional journey. Uh, it requires unbelievable tenacity. I think, uh, you know, I, I make it sound great by telling you all the people that we've helped, but there have been unbelievable challenges. And, uh, you know, I've been to Ethiopia 27 different times in coach, you know, there's, there's a great level of sacrifice that often comes with starting a, uh, a mission driven, uh, organization or
0: organization that is, that is focused on others. Mm. Can you tell us about some of those sacrifices? I know you said you sold all your stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, look. I think <laughs> I, I've definitely had people try to hire me away, and um, you know, uh, I think myself and every single other person here at Charity Water could be making a, a multiple uh, on 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 what they're making. Uh, so there's definitely when you step into the social good or the nonprofit sector you know, your, your earning is, is absolutely capped. You know, there's no stock options at Charity Water. There's no equity. We've raised 200 and some million dollars, but we transfer our equity to the poorest people in the world. And that is, that it really has to be the focus. You know, you have to realize that you are making yourself rich, uh, not by making yourself rich, but by making other people rich. And, uh, you know, I think just, I mean the travel, you know. There was a year I was on ninety six airplanes. So what's that? A flight every, you know, three and a half days. So, yeah, wow. um, You know that, that sounds really glamorous. It's not <laughs> when you're stuck at a layover in uh, the Calcutta airport. <laughs>
0: mm. Have you ever felt like giving up?
1: Sure, sure. You know it, it's difficult. One of the one of the challenges with an organization like ours is no one needs to care. You do not need our product. If our product is generosity, if our product is helping the poorest people on earth get access to life's most basic need, you don't need our product. You do not need to wake up and help a woman who might be struggling to collect dirty water. So we need to constantly innovate. We need to continually inspire people, continually encourage them to be generous and invite them into the mission and uh we start over at zero every year you know whatever we might raise however many people we inspire in 2016 2017 you know we're we're back at it again and we have to go and do the same and then we have to grow and get more people in the mission and it's an incredibly
0: challenging sometimes mm, yeah no i can totally i uh, yeah look i wouldn't even know where to begin like i i don't um you know i i feel guilty you know even speaking to you to be honest scott because it's so easy to forget um, the the things that are going on. You can get so caught up in your day to day that you know this conversation we've had right now, I you know I this these numbers that you're throwing at me, these things that are happening in the in the world, you know these sometimes this isn't even remotely on my radar and um, I can imagine this would be the case for for you know many other people in the Western world. So I can understand how difficult it can be sometimes to you know, get people to buy in and get people to want to help. Yeah. Yep. Well, look, um, we have to work towards wrapping up. Um, you know, I'm, I'm incredibly inspired by your mission and, and everything that you're doing. Uh, so the, the last question I have is, um, well, two pieces, uh, the first one is: um, Was there any parting words that you'd like to finish off with um, to our audience? And uh, yeah, then lastly, the ne- the next best place uh, people can find you or, or get behind your cause. Yeah,
1: I would just say people could learn more about this issue. Just go to charitywater.org, uh, look at some of the the videos, and and you know learn about this issue. It is an important issue facing us today. The water crisis is real. And it is an extraordinary way to make an impact with very little money on the lives of people and, and to eliminate uh, this needless suffering. There's actually a way that people can help. We're, we're launching uh, in a couple weeks a brand new giving program called The Spring. And it's really trying to look for people, uh, 10,000 people to start, who are willing to give $30 a month, who could help one person get clean water every single month. You know, it's, it's uh, five or six coffees at a Starbucks or or similar, and you know we've had a million people give once. We thought, what if we could go find a million people, uh, not to give once, who would stick with us month in, month out, year in, year out, until this problem is solved? So, we're launching an exciting new product. Uh, there'll be a great donor experience. People get connected to the impact that their dollars have, and and people could go and check that out online.
0: Yeah, fantastic. I'm definitely going to sign up. Awesome, man! I appreciate it. <laughs> You're welcome. I think I think actually, if you sign up this month, your your first month is
1: matched, so you'd uh, you'd you'd trigger another thirty bucks.
0: Oh, awesome! Yeah, I I I definitely will be donating my birthday this year as well. I said I'd do it last year, but it, I don't know. Look, I am guilty of it. Like I said, you know, it's so easy to get caught up in in your day to day, and these things just you know um, sometimes it's easy to forget. Yep. Well, the average person that donates their birthday uh
1: raises a thousand dollars so just think about that impact that you could have
0: Mm, yeah no it's incredible well look scott look um we'll wrap there but thank you so much for your time um and the work that you do in the world it's incredibly inspiring and uh yeah look we'll, we'll wrap there but thank you so much for your time awesome hey thanks so much for having me hey guys i hope you enjoyed this interview